Hey guys, David, the Healthness Coach here yet again with another episode. Today, I got the wonderful opportunity to sit down and uh, kind of pick at Jethro Constant's brain. He is a physiotherapist. Uh, he's been a physiotherapist for 11 years, and it was a lot of fun doing this podcast with him. As anyone who may know him knows, it's very difficult to keep a straight face when talking to him. Uh, I was cracking up the whole podcast, so I apologize for that uh, ahead of time. Uh, but I do hope you guys enjoy the episode. And as always, if you've got questions, comments, concerns regarding your health and fitness, feel free to contact me via Instagram, healthness4cnd, or via my email, healthness469 at gmail.com. I don't know anything about you. <laughs> you and I, this is the first time we're meeting each other. Um, so I guess like... The first question that I would have is like, what's your background? Like, how did you start into like getting into the direction of like, I guess, physiotherapy, but like up to the eventuality, but how did this whole thing start? Like, where is it like that we need to start in order to understand where your story is coming from okay. um, with this whole thing and physiotherapy? Um, well, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, but uh, I mean, I was always an athletic kid. Uh, well, I like to think so, but I was like the fat athlete, you know what I mean? Like I, I remember being in grade five and going to the start line for a race and, and my competitors saying, well, shot puts over there. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm here to run. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but that's when it all started. And then to, to kind of, you know, make things go a little bit faster. How old are you, by the way? I'm I'm gonna be 38 in December. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I'm 35. So oh, we're, there you we're, go. Yeah. We're, we're in the same reason. <laughs> yeah. So um, what ended up happening is um, I actually started uh, at Ottawa U, uh, and I was in mechanical engineering. Okay, I played I played high school rugby. I played high school volleyball. Um, I was always a fan of uh, football, but I never played because back then uh, I went to Maculata uh, High School here in Ottawa. And we didn't have a football team at the time, so I had to play rugby instead. But uh, in my first year of mechanical engineering, um, one day I was just working out at the gym with one of my buddies, and dude walks up to me, just kind of stares at me, kind of, you know, in a weird way, and I'm just like, I don't know who this guy is, but all right, whatever. And then he's like, oh, I'm sorry for staring. Um, I'm the head football coach at Ottawa U. He's like, have you played football before? I'm like, not. And he said, you should. So I was like, oh, well... You know, I didn't really think about it. I'm just being a student or whatever. So he invited me to spring to play uh, in the spring camp, right? But I couldn't go because, you know, engineering is pretty demanding, right? And to be honest, even going into engineering, I, I'm more, I'm a numbers guy. So I kind of went into it. I was young. I was naive. I assumed like, oh, it's going to be just like math and stuff. But then the math numbers disappeared. It became very theoretical. So <laughs> I didn't go to camp. But then that same uh, spring summer, one of my buddies said, "Hey, uh, there's a there's a league springing up in Orleans, uh, OVFL football. Do you want to play?" I'm like, "I got a part time job. I don't have anything else to do, so I might as well." Um, so I played there. I uh, didn't understand how much the recruiting process was in Canada. Like I didn't really understand that it was a thing. But once I played OVFL, I got recruited by about ten to twelve schools, and I was like, "Oh." This is actually a thing, but I was already at Ottawa U, and um, you know maybe it's the Haitian in me. I didn't really want to leave home, uh, but you know the 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 coach you know invited me. Said, "Hey, we saw you play summer ball. We really want you to come here." And I was like, you know, it's a no brainer. I'm already here. Only problem is, 
you know, I was kind of on probation after engineering because I just gave up. I didn't really want to do it. So I told him I'd really like to get into, you know, human kinetics, but because I'm on probation, I don't know how easy the process will be. And he was like, just let me take care of it. And I was like, okay. So they got me in on a special status. I knew once I was in, like, I'd, I'd actually put my nose to the ground and work. Um, but then I got on a football team, and uh, unfortunately, my when I was playing summer ball, I injured my back. And they told me that it was just, like, you know, mild sciatica, like, it's going to go away, it's going to be fine. I made the football team at RYU, even with a back injury, but it lingered, right? And, like, some, some days it would be bad, some days it would be good. And I know my body. I like to think of myself as, like, you know, Wolverine of the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if something's wrong, like, there's really something wrong. Yeah. So, finally, after being on the team for two years, I, I, I just said, you know what? I need, like, a scan or something because it's not, it's not getting better, you know? Every time I think I'm turning the corner, it gets worse again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they took an MRI, sorry, a CT scan, and realized I had two herniated discs. Right and mm. and it was pretty significant, right? So I was like, oh man, that's uh, that's finally have some answers. But then I had tried everything, like Cairo, the athletic therapist on the team, everything, and nothing was working. So I lucked out because when I went to see the neurosurgeon uh, for the herniated discs, he was an alumnus of Ottawa U and had played on the football team. Mm. So he's like, oh, you know, what's your goal? And I was like, I want to go back to playing football if I can. And he says, who do you play for? I said, Ottawa U. He's like, oh, I played for Ottawa U. And prior to this, he had said, oh, the wait's probably like six to eight months, whatever. So then as soon as that connection was made, and, you know, we've been, we were talking about connections off air. Yeah. And he's like, let me see what I could do. They called me the next day. They're like, can you have surgery next week? I'm like, uh, I, you know, it's a quick turnaround, you know, that yeah. I'm expecting a couple of months. And they're like, next week. So I felt like a sense of calm and, you know, my... my my folks, and especially my mom, like, they're God-fearing folk, and they're like, you know, everything is going to be fine, just, you know, have surgery, whatever. So I have surgery, and then this is where I start to think about physio, because I'm now seeing the rehab process, mm-hmm. right, of, you know, and, and most physios will tell you that, you know, they had an injury, and that may have steered them into the physio lane. So I ended up, uh, you know, Spending quite quite a bit of time in the in the trainer's office, you know, with my back, with some other ailments. I mean, it's football; like you're you're gonna be hurt here and there. And then when I was nearing the completion of my degree in human kinetics, and I was starting to think like, what do I want to do next? And my girlfriend at the time, uh, who's not my wife, uh, she was like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, well, you know what? I'm, I'm I like the rehab route, you know. And then she's like okay, well, then what do you want to do? I'm like, well, I know Ottawa U has a master's program, but it's not starting the the year that I graduated, starting the year after. So I ended up doing, like, a, a victory lap in leisure studies, basically just partied and played football for a year. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then I went into the program, and uh, honestly, like, it, it was work, because we were also the first year, so it was a bit of a pilot project, and mm-hmm. there were some growing pains. But, you know, I, 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 I really fell in love with... Um, the practice, especially when I went to uh, do my placements and stuff, because mm-hmm. I happened to do um, a placement at Scarborough General in Toronto, uh, a couple of places here in Ottawa. Um, I even had the opportunity to go overseas um, and, and uh, do a placement in France, which was uh-huh. which was really interesting as well, and gave me a lot of perspective. And uh, yeah, so 
after that, you know, uh, you know, eleven years later, I'm still a physio now. So eleven years, yeah, Whoa. yeah, yeah. Black don't crack, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trust me. No, that's awesome, man. Yeah, and I, 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 I like the fact that um, you have something that's happened to you that places you in a position where you have more empathy. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like the first client mm-hmm. that you train or that you rehabilitate mm-hmm. with the education that you get mm-hmm. is yourself, mm-hmm. right? One hundred percent. Because it's the feeling. Yeah. Right, and then yeah. of course understanding like the structures and all that other stuff, mm-hmm. but empathy is like so important. Do you think that, as it relates to, you know, getting your clients better, like do you think that's helped you in terms of like, the program process, mm-hmm. or like maybe from like um, a position standpoint of like, just having that, like look, listen, I've had a herniated disc before, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. I can explain to you, like I know how you feel. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, is that how like change your process or improve your process in any way? I'd say I'd say absolutely. Um, it's you'd be you'd be amazed how many times you know people say, "Oh, you know, I'm in pain. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you understand how much pain I'm in." And then I just show them my back scar, and then they're just like, "Okay, maybe you do." Yeah. Right. And at the same time, uh, one of the things I was very fortunate uh, to be a part of when I was in physio school is I was able to watch surgeries inside, you know, the surgical room, right? So when you watch a total hip replacement, when you watch a total knee replacement, when you watch an ACL rehab, you understand what they went through, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's, it's. It's like a beautiful butcher job, mm-hmm. right? But it, but it's it's work, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and to see like you know bones being cracked or yeah. sawed or you know a, a tendon being harvested or something like mm-hmm. that, right? It, it, for sure, it makes you look at it and go like, wow, this person just went through this. Mm-hmm. So you know what? I I got to keep that in mind. And at the same time, I'm I'm not a person that's gonna just not care. Part of it is. Part of it is a little bit ego in the sense that you want your patient to get yeah. better. But at the same time, you, you, you're you essentially in a relationship with this person, Yeah. right? At the same time as a physio, my I don't want my relationship to be uh, forever yeah. because I want that person to have a sense of independence and I want to teach them things so that they can, you know, go on and do their own thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, and this is one, the, one thing that I say to my patients all the time, and my, uh, the orthopedic surgeon, uh, Dr. Rayner, uh, we're, we're very similar in that sense where we tell people, we're like, listen, pain is part of the process. Pain is just feedback. And yes, I'm going to listen to you, but at, at times I'm going to ignore you at the same time, but for your own good, mm-hmm. right? So, but I tell them, listen, we're going to be together for the next, you know, couple of weeks, couple of months mm-hmm. with during this rehab process, right? There's going to be times you hate me. There's going to be times where, you know, you might be complaining and I'll just kind of ignore you. It is what it is. But I, I want you to know that I'm, I'm not doing any of this for, like, myself. I'm doing it because I want you to get better, mm-hmm. right? So, yes, there's that empathetic part, but there's also that sense. And, and it's very important as a physio to want to see your patient get better. You can't just see them as a number, yeah. Or 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 uh, a dollar sign, yeah. right? Because I know one of the things, one of the other things, in addition to my journey to yes. become a physiotherapist, is are the experiences that my, like for example, my mom went through. Okay, my mom was a you know very hardworking lady, had a shoulder issue, and I remember when she did physio, 
uh, it wasn't active. It was, you know, they put machines on and she just went over and over and over again. And she was like, man, she's like, son, I'm not getting better. But I, I wasn't a physio back then. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And now as a physio, I look back at the way that, you know, they, they, they well, they called it rehabilitation. I don't call it that, yeah. but they rehabilitated my mom. And I was like, man, that's not the way it should have been. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It, it, it's it's supposed to be a grind. It's not supposed to feel good. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You'll, it'll feel good after, yeah. right? So you got to think of, of of the pain as being temporary. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a patient, uh, and and she, she was uh, she was Spanish, and she would always say, uh, "El dolor es temporal." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's temporary, mm-hmm. and as long as they understand it, as long as I understand it, you know, then we can actually grow. I'll grow in you know my approach mm-hmm. because everyone's different. Right? Some people can take pain, some people can't take pain. By the way, women, way tougher than men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. I can attest okay? to that. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so if you as a physiotherapist put it in your mind that you really care yeah. about the outcome, not just going through the motions, like you really care. Like, and, and it's like, for example, when I have students from Ottawa U or from anywhere else for that matter who are doing placements with me, they see, they just see like, you know, 50, 60, hundreds of patients at any given time because they're usually there for like six weeks. Yeah. They're like, how do you remember their names? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I just, I make sure that I remember their name because yeah. it's it's that relationship, it's that connection, right? right? If I if I can't remember your name but I'm treating you and you're in pain, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to feel like I don't care, yeah. right? So, for example, like I've had patients cry, I've had patients, you know, pass out, whatever, it happens, mm-hmm. right? But, Every time I'm like, hey, such and such, you know, how you doing? Oh, how are the kids? How's everybody? Like, there's always that connection. It's not just um, cold, right? And I know that one of the things that some people might, some some may not like, but some like when I treat them is that I'm I'm, I'm a happy-go-lucky guy, right? I'm I'm very laid back. I I, I like to laugh, mm-hmm. and. When I'm treating people, I'm the same way. I, I I like to laugh. I understand it's painful, but you got to give some comic relief or yeah. just make light of the situation a little bit. You know what I mean? Because if they come in, they're already in pain. Yeah. They're not coming to you to, to feel even colder yeah. in terms of a situation. So mm-hmm. it's it's really important to, to connect with them. Really important to say, hey, I understand your pain. It's really important to warn them that it's going to hurt, right? Because that's one thing. You don't want to lie to them and say, oh, yeah, it's going to be fine. You tell them from day one. Like, I meet people before they have surgery sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, I say, listen this is going to suck. This is going to be one of the worst experiences you will ever have for the next few months. And people appreciate that. Mm-hmm. They're like, man, you were you were honest with me from day one. You didn't lie. Yeah. You didn't say, oh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be all right. You told me from day one, it's going to suck. It's going to hurt. So I appreciate that you told me the truth. Understanding the transition from like a psychological perspective, mm-hmm. right? So like, because for us, it's a little bit different, right? Like, as trainers, we get we tend to meet people that want aesthetical change. Right? Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. see kind of like the transition psychologically as they start to change physically. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Now your job's a little bit different. Um, you, you're getting someone to be able to do something they know that they should be able to do. Mm-hmm. Right? And they're like, I'm in a traumatic experience right now because I can't do normal things. Yeah. Right? I'm yeah. limited right now. Yeah. How do you think that weighs on you emotionally as a, as a physiotherapist? Uh, some, some days, some days are tough, mm-hmm. right? Um, I can tell you this. I used to work at a clinic where I took, um, it was OHIP funded, right? So you would get 
all types of clientele, mm -hmm. right? You would get, you know, joint replacements. You would get um, people from various socioeconomic backgrounds. You would get people who had been through the correctional system. You, mm. you would get all kinds of people. And they sometimes they just dump on you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Outside of just physio. Like, yeah. they tell you about their lives. and yeah. You know, and it, honestly, it weighed heavy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It weighed heavy. And I like to think of myself as someone who's mentally tough. And, yeah. and I mean, part of that is growing up Caribbean. And mm -hmm. part of that is having two older sisters who, yeah. you know, beat the <laughs> snot out of you sometimes. But... At the same time, like as as a therapist, you, you you try and be empathetic, but sometimes like you just take and take and mm -hmm. take and take, and at the same time, it, you you got to think of energy as well, yeah. right? Like if if people are just feeding you like negative energy over and over mm -hmm. and over again, and that's why, like I said previously, I try and change the mood sometimes, mm -hmm. right? And and it sometimes it helps, sometimes you know it is what it is. That's how the person feels. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel like I've been in the game long enough that I know sometimes that a mood is not going to be good yeah. to start until they see slight mm -hmm. improvements or, you know, there's an intervention that ends up working for them. Because I'm, I'm not one of those people to the point that's driven by ego where if, if something is not working, that A, I won't switch it up, mm -hmm. or B, I won't, you know, seek out something else, mm -hmm. right? Like, I've, I've had patients that are like, oh... You know, this is still in pain, da, da da da. You know, should I go see a Cairo? Should I do this? And some people think that physios and Cairos have like an East Coast West Coast beef, but we, but we, but we don't. You yeah. know what I mean? I, 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 the only beef I have with with Cairos sometimes are the Cairos that you know they pop, pop, snap, snap, and then they're like, okay, I'll see you in a week. Yeah. Right? Like they're not they're not teaching independence. They're not. Yeah. The, that I'm not a fan of. But I know plenty of of good physios, right? Mm -hmm. The uh, physios, sorry, good chiros that that do touch on both things, right? Mm -hmm. They touch on, you know, strengthening and soft tissue and other things in addition to doing manipulations, mm -hmm. while some don't even do manipulations mm -hmm. unless it's absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it, being able to 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 be open to the possibilities and being able to know that, oh, well, you know what? Today is a bad day for this person. Mm -hmm. it is what it is move on the next time you see them hopefully they're in a better mood mm -hmm. or you do your best to you know help cheer them up because sometimes they need it from you too mm -hmm. you know what I mean a, a smile goes a long way man mm -hmm. like if they're having a bad day and they walk in and it's a little bit tougher now because you're wearing a mask so yeah. they can't see you smile <laughs> so which is you know yeah. that's a whole other can of worms <laughs> but um, you know if they can hear you laugh they can hear you chuckle you know it, it helps to break up that that tense mood mm -hmm. and then it helps you also feel better mm -hmm. right because you're not just taking on all this negative energy and you know one patient after the other because there's days where I like I'll see you know 15 16 17 people and you imagine if they're all in a negative mood mm -hmm. and then I go home it's gonna be like Ugh. you know mm -hmm. my kids will look at me like what's wrong daddy you know so so I I, th I think it's I think it's really important mm -hmm. to 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 know yourself as well, yeah, and to know when you have to take a step back mentally, mm -hmm. and then other times when you know you have to just chalk it up to you know being a bad day or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, like, in terms of like your process, is mm -hmm. there like, I've never done physiotherapy or like had any sort of physiotherapy done on me. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the process, like, is there like a kind of like a systematic approach to each individual, or is it like kind of like you guys have like your own independent type of 
when it comes to physiotherapy, I, I'll never forget. I had a teacher at Ottawa U. Her name was Lucy Puner. And shout out to Lucy because um, mm-hmm. I, I liked her a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, she always said physiotherapy is not a recipe. Every single person is different. Just like you as a personal yeah. trainer, you won't, you know, put everyone in the same box because yeah. everyone's different. Right. So in terms of the approach, sure, it starts off the same way with, you know, asking questions, getting background, doing all those things for sure. But then after that, you know, things are guided based on the person, well, I say the person's personality, the person's, you know, capabilities, uh, the person's progress, you know what I mean? Like, it's 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 a really f- fluid situation in mm-hmm. terms of how you approach how you're going to treat a person, gotcha. for sure. Be- again, because, because everyone's different, mm-hmm. yeah. And do you believe that there's, like, also, I, I, like, I mean, I, I've done some research on, like, pain-related circumstances Mm -hmm. like there's like a neurological concept right that's kind Mm -hmm. of placed in with pain as it relates to movement Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so like do you have any sort of approaches um that kind of like insinuate from more of a neurological position than a structural one because as we know like right like it's 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 super well for me as as a personal trainer Mm -hmm. it's like i look at someone's body their structure and i'm like okay so where is the technical default Mm-hmm. And then from there, like, I kind of, like, play around with stability, mobility, and try to figure things out. Yeah, from there. yeah. But then for you, it's, like, there's also, like, a pain receptor that's there. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's more, like, sure, it's, it's, it's a, like, a signal on the dashboard, mm-hmm. right? But, like, there's also, like, sure, it's, and also it's a, it's a structural kind of, like, dashboard signal, but, like, mm-hmm. it's also, like, a neurological signal, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, is there, like, a process also for that aspect of it? Or is it just strictly, like... We're looking at this from like a structural standpoint. Uh, no, they, they have to tie in together for okay. sure because, like I said, they're going to be part of what guides your process. Gotcha. Um, so from a neurological perspective, I just look at it as feedback. Gotcha. Right. And again, it's it's you, you got to know when to when to push and when to ease off. Mm-hmm. Right. So so and the thing is. Everybody has a different neurological response. I always laugh when people say, oh, well, my pain threshold is high. I'm like, okay, well, we're going to test it, right? Always. And, you know, the, the feedback that you're going to get from someone is, is going to vary from case to case. Gotcha. And my approach with regards to that, for mm-hmm. sure, yeah. is, is simply the fact that it's subjective, mm-hmm. right? It's subjective. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna default to to what that person is saying, but it, yeah. but it, once one hundred percent, it is subjective. So, mm-hmm. if let's say someone's recovering from an ACL surgery, you know, I could have two patients who had the surgery the same day by the same surgeon with the same outcome, mm-hmm. and one person lets me go to like an eight out of ten, mm-hmm. the other person lets me go to a six out of ten. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna guide me a little bit more. But that same person that you know can only take a six out of ten. I might use some strategies, whether it's distraction or whatever, to get them to 7 out of 10, but I'm able to push them a little bit further. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so, from a, from a neurological standpoint, you know, and of course, like, there's active range of motion, passive yeah. range of motion, you know, different, uh, you know, PNF, yada, 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 mm-hmm. yada, yada, where you throw in, like, more neurological aspects where it's like, okay, I'm, a li- I'm able to push you a little bit further than you would able to push, than you are able to push yourself. And I say this to people all the time because... I, I'm, I'm kind of like the chupacabra of physio. Like, people know it's going to hurt yeah. with certain things. So, I, you know, I I tell them ahead of time, like, okay, play within this range of pain. 
but the reality is people like your body has a self-defense mechanism right it's not going to let you go past a certain amount of pain unless you're a masochist and unless (laughs) and unless you You like that kind of stuff well yeah unless you (laughs) like that kind of stuff and unless you have had like a history of injuries in the past so you're accustomed to pain right Mm -hmm. you 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 will push them further than they can go and then of course there's different ways like I let's say I test a body part like I have to look at it and say okay is it is it structural is it neurological you know is it uh, is there a uh, I don't know if there's a what do you call that uh, a contractor right is the contractor neurologic or is it physical and then there's different there's different assessment tools that you can use to find out and then there's even things like where you're testing people and you're doing it while they're distracted Versus when they're focused, they can't do it. You know what I mean? So it, there, there's so many layers to it, and there's so many ways to play with it. But again, I would say from a neurological perspective, a lot of it is subjective, mm. right? It could be based from case to case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what kind of like cases do you see more often than not? Me? Yeah. Uh, my, my specialty is orthopedics. Okay. So, you know, anything that has to do with bone, ligament, tendon, muscle, um, that's typically what... Um, my focus is on uh, and like I said I work I work hand in hand with uh, Dr. Chris Rayner who mm-hmm. works out of Cornwall uh, he actually has a pretty dope IG page too it's called At Stable Knees mm-hmm. um, uh, but he's a shoulder hip and knee specialist and you know that's a lot of what I see mm-hmm. right like um, I see a lot of you know ACL repairs uh, total knees total hips uh, a lot of ankle sprains um, you know you all see the dreaded low back. I see a lot of shoulders too. You know, mm-hmm. labral uh, reconstructions, uh, rotator cuff reconstructions. Like those are the type of things I see. Maybe it's because I'm more of a, a rah rah guy. <laughs> like that's uh, that's more of my my speed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, versus like whether it's you know respiratory physio or neurological physio. I really like, and I really like the body, mm-hmm. right? And and I find also one of the reasons I like orthopedics so much is because there's there's more of a tangible um uh there's, there are more tangible goals in terms of recovery whereas for example with with uh and i remember doing placements like in uh in uh, neurological physio for example someone who had a stroke where they you could literally see nothing for three four or five weeks and then well, they're able to do something that they couldn't do, right? Yeah, but yeah. but it's a bit of a grind, yeah. you know what I mean? And I appreciate them. You have to be very patient. You have to be very patient with any physio. Yeah. But I found that to be, um, you know, very, not taxing, but very um, uh, tough on the mind sometimes because you're like, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, I don't see any difference. Whereas here, I also feel like you have more uh, of an effect, mm-hmm. right? Because when it's neurological... Given it, given it that it's a stroke or something like that, you have to wait for the neurological system to catch up mm-hmm. and to heal. Whereas here, oh, okay, well, your knee's not bending to this degree. I can just take it and try and bend it myself. Um, oh, your shoulder's not going to this degree. I can just do it myself within within protocols and parameters, obviously, because you have, you know, um, protocols that are that are in place by doctors you know they'll say i want this person to go this far by this period of time and so on and so forth so you let it guide you and you just kind of go from there mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and like your advice for like because like for me mm-hmm. i get a lot of people so it's, it's good to have you here because like i get a lot of questions and sometimes i'm still kind of like on the cusp of like knowing and i'm like mm-hmm. huh I, I don't know how to answer this yeah. i always get the the questions like 
well, my doctor said I have a bad back. So my doctor said I can't squat. <laughs> my doctor said I shouldn't be doing certain physical activities. I'm just going to go for a walk and hopefully cross my fingers and I'm going to get better. Okay. Hopefully the medical community will not be mad at me. <laughs> so, first and foremost, unless a doctor is specialized in something, mm -hmm. their knowledge is limited. Mm -hmm. I appreciate doctors who understand that they are limited in certain capacities mm -hmm. or in certain topics, right? Because some, some general practitioners will say, you know, just throw these medications at it, you'll be fine. But you're, you're, you're taking care of the symptoms, not the cause, mm -hmm. right? And additionally... I like that. Additionally, you're, you're, if you're telling people, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, the body wants to keep doing what it's doing. Mm -hmm. If you avoid something completely, your body will fit... There's like research has shown, your body will physically adapt to the things that you're avoiding. Mm -hmm. But then what are you going to do if you have to go into that position, mm -hmm. right? It's like... It's like um, uh, I, I, I had posted something on that a little while ago where I was like, okay, I'm not saying deadlift uh, 500 pounds with a rounded back, but you don't have to stay away from lifting something with a rounded back all the time because what happens if you get caught in that position? Mm -hmm. What happens if you have to put, pull something with you know, your trunk rotated? Like, mm -hmm. What are you going to do? You just have to prepare the terrain. Mm -hmm. So when doctors say, oh, just avoid this completely, I feel like it's it's... It's a cop out, mm -hmm. right? It's a cop out. If unless they have just cause, yeah. right? If if you have a real legitimate reason why you don't want them to do it, and I'm I'm one of those people who's very hopeful about anything. Like I'll always give something a shot. It may not always work, but I'll always give it a shot. Like if someone's like, "Oh, I've had this pain for ten years," okay, let's work on it. All I could do is try. If it doesn't work, then you know we at least we could say we tried. You know what I mean? But for 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 doctors to say, "Oh," you, you know, my knees are bad. Doctor said I should never squat. Yeah. Well, actually, if you look at the research, if you go into a, you know, a, a deep squat, it's actually better for your knees. Yeah. Depending on, again, if you have other pre-existing pre, pre conditions, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, doctor said I shouldn't lift my arm over my head. So your doctor's telling you never wash your hair again? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, 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 so I, I, I think, I think, that starts with doctors knowing where their limitations are. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's a sports doctor, if it's an orthopedic surgeon, if it's something that I'm more, I'll be more open. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not like, oh, well, they're more elite than this next person, but they have a, a better knowledge base mm -hmm. of, of whether that person should do it or not, mm -hmm. right? And it's, it's like uh, uh, I got into a debate a little bit where one of the coaches, uh, Dan Jones at our spot, he posted something and then someone commented and said, hey, can I do this hip movement? I'm this many months or years removed from having a, a, hip, a hip scope or a total hip or something like that. And then when I answered, I said, you know what? If the doctor didn't, say, if the orthopedic surgeon didn't say anything about you having, you know, these restrictions or whatever, then go ahead progressively of course, I'm never going to say go from zero to 60 yeah. do it progressively because as you know, you know, mobility is a grind. Yeah. It's not something that you're going to go from being a level one to a level 10 yeah. in a week. Like there's, yeah. it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. You have, it's a slow progression. It's a slow grind. So 
And then I, there was another person who was there who was like, oh, absolutely don't do that movement. I'm like, well, no, not exactly. You don't know the protocols. You don't know the parameters. You don't know what the surgical approach was. Was it an anterior approach to the surgery? Was it a posterior approach to the surgery? Don't just say, ah, this is what it is, yeah. right? So so I, it, it's a little unfair when, when all of a sudden you hear, you know, when people come in, they're like, oh, my doctor said, don't just avoid this yeah. altogether. I'm like... It, it, it's kind of like the criticism that I have with with certain with okay yes okay. Well, anyway I, 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 I don't want to get political so yes. I'll, 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 I'll leave it alone I, but but when it, it's easy for people to say or put limitations on people when it's not affecting them directly yes right so you know if if the person tells you hey the doctor said I shouldn't be, do this mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong as a, as a personal trainer or as yeah. a physio to say why why yes why yeah oh they just said that i'll be in pain okay but why would you be in pain right and and again i'm not criticizing medical doctors because i have a friend who was a physiotherapist and she decided to go back to school and to for medicine and then she i remember her messaging me and she's like jen we did like a week and a half or two weeks of like sports injuries that's it and i was like what do you mean that's it that's it and i was like so some people are getting, you know, such a limited amount of training and then giving advice on it. That's why I yes. love, I, I, I would much prefer that a doctor sends me a referral mm-hmm. and it says, knee pain, mm-hmm. please advise. Yeah. Right? Versus giving an opinion on something that they have no clue about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I think it's a subluxation of this. Like, I've had, I've had some referrals in the past where they're like, a subluxation of this tendon. I'm like, well, it can't sublux. Mm-hmm. So, do you mean something else? You know what I mean? So, so, and, and don't get me wrong, I know that sometimes, you know, from a physio perspective, from a medical community perspective, there's you're playing with some egos there. I get it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, don't do a disservice to the person and yeah. just tell them, nope, flat out, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. No, you have to explain to them why. And that's one of the big things when, I, when I'm working with patients. I try and explain everything yes that I'm doing and I try to explain what I'm finding like mm-hmm. oh you have this pain I think it's related to this and that and that and that mm-hmm. and you'd be amazed how many times I talk to patients and they're like oh I no, I've never been told that before I had mm-hmm. no idea like I saw a patient today and she was just standing she was there for an ankle injury mm-hmm. but she was just standing and I was like oh your hips are weak she's like no one's ever talked what mm-hmm. what do you mean she's like I, I could see from your standing like your hips are weak and mm-hmm. then we tested her her hips and there were some different ranges, like she couldn't even hold her leg up. And she's like, how'd you know? I'm like, well, just from this, from that, from that, I could tell, you know, there was some weakness there. Mm-hmm. Again, and again, this is just my experiences. Yeah. And, and if I don't know, I'll refer them to someone who does know. That's right, yeah. I have I have no qualms about that. I have no issues. I'm not going to be that person that's like, I know everything. <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, you know what? This is beyond my scope. I have yeah. no idea. Maybe this person can help me. And I think that's what it is, right? It's that... I would say that it's the quality of knowledge mm-hmm. that most people have mm-hmm. as it pertains to their scope. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have a tremendous amount of knowledge and understanding, mm-hmm. like at least base level knowledge, mm-hmm. it becomes super difficult, I think, to understand what is the best option for this person? Can I actually help them? Yeah. Like even for me as a personal trainer, there are some clients that, you know, or potential prospects that you know, they're overweight and I'm probably not the best person to help them. Mm-hmm. 
because I'll have a conversation with them and I'll know that it's more of a psychological mm -hmm. issue. Like there's some things that they're going on in their life or that mm -hmm. they've experienced mm -hmm. that's actually putting them in the position that they are. And I think that that's just a lack of knowledge as these doctors, um, you know, a lot of them are afraid to get sued. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. so like they would rather tell you to do the thing that they know is from a have like a safety net yep. to make sure they're not going to yep. get themselves in trouble. Yep. So they're like, okay, like my insurance says, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to recommend something that I know for sure you can't get yourself injured. Yep. So do not squat, do not deadlift, and certainly don't go to a gym, walk or something, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Or take a pill. Here yeah. you go. <laughs> but but, but, but to, 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 to kind of play on what you're just saying, it, let's just say I tell someone avoid squatting at all costs, mm -hmm. okay? What happens if they drop something and then they have to pick it up? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Like, what? Like, what? Am, what am I gonna do there? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, then they're gonna be like, "Well, my doctor told me not to." And then what'll happen potentially is they might hurt themselves in another way because mm -hmm. the doctor told them avoid this. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's right. So, I, I, I'm I'm not I'm not a big fan of just like completely staying away from things. But I get what you're saying. Like, yeah. they're covering their bases. Yeah. They're they're protecting themselves. They don't want to get sued. And yeah. So on and so forth. <laughs> but at the same time, like. It's a disservice. It's a disservice. You're yeah. taking away from people's quality of life. It's just, it's not a good look. And that's why I like the, I like the, there was a post that you put with your son at like a young age and you started showing mm -hmm. him as he's getting older. Mm -hmm. And I love that so much because a lot of people don't understand that we were meant to be put in these positions. No matter what your pathology morphology is, like you should be able to do these movements with ease. Yep. We don't, we're not talking like a million pounds or anything like that. Yeah. Just being able to get into these positions comfortably. And you can see, like, I, I start to use that as an example now. Just to let you know, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I show it to my clients. I'm like, yeah. look, this kid from a young age, easily down from the floor. He can squat down. And then as he's getting older, you notice the comfortability level. Like, he's starting mm -hmm. to just, like, not mm -hmm. squat down. He's just starting to, like, pick things up yeah. and bend over and pick it up, right? Yeah. And so that translates so well into certain arguments that I've had. Um, or debates with, with other trainers mm -hmm. uh, as to regards to what function actually is or yeah. what what does it mean to actually be a functional quote unquote yeah. human being, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so like from that video, I started watching my son mm -hmm. and I'm like, that's how we were meant to move. And it's like, I know from like a muscular standpoint, he's mm -hmm. not stronger than I am, mm -hmm. but he just seems to have more energy than me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then I'm, I'm like, he was jumping on a couch and I'm like, I just, I just want to see the way he moves. He's like jumping around and things like that. And then I started to realize like, and he felt the way he fell on his head. It's mm -hmm. almost like his spine was like in hyperflexion. Yeah, right? yeah, and like, yeah. I like, you just got up after and like, yeah. just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, if I fell like that, I'd probably have to come and see you. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, exactly, exactly. so like, I think like, yes, it's so prominent that people understand that they, for the, from the beginning they should know how to do these movements or be capable to do these movements mm -hmm. and even from like an injury standpoint it these movements are going to allow them to feel better they're mm -hmm. going to do it in their lifestyle anyway as you said mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. yeah and so like being able to hire a professional that knows how to progress them in the right way mm -hmm. is absolutely going to get them into that standpoint but um from that like what would you say is the best so if let's say because i mean of course i'm a personal trainer so it's like Where's the reference in, in, in terms of function, pain, and this person's structural limitations, whether it be from morphology, what they're born with, pathology, how do I determine when I'm like, I need to, you need to go see a physiotherapist? Hmm. 
Well, before we before we get into that, yeah. th- that video is actually my, like my four different sons. Oh, it's your four different sons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, no way. So, so, so it's, it, it's but, but but it still it still applies because yes. my eldest son used to move like my twenty month mm-hmm. son, right? And then now, if I tell him to pick something up, like he doesn't squat. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not it's not innate anymore. Yes. But now we've added you know sitting in front of you know TV, mm-hmm. video games, being mm-hmm. in class all the time, you know, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. All these things that we do in society are unnatural. Yes. Right? Yeah. When you think about it. And like you said, like the word functional gets thrown around. And yeah. It's, like, it's, it's, ah, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> to me, functional is just like, what, uh, what, what do you naturally do? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the way I look at it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, all oh, functional fitness. Like, even, even primal movements, like they, they're good. I do them. Right? Uh-huh. But would I say that they're functional? Well, you're not, you know, you crawl as a baby, then you work to, you know, being on two feet and so on yeah. and so forth. So in the rest of your life, are you going to necessarily crawl? No, but it's a great workout. It works coordination. It works different parts of your body. So I'm absolutely for primal movement mm-hmm. and so on and so forth because they move your entire body. Yeah. So as you were saying, pertaining to, um, uh, you know, pain and moving forward and so on and so forth and how to know when they need to see a physio and so on. Pain is usually the driving force, right? Pain is usually the driving force. Like if they're doing something and, you know, it's uncomfortable or you see that they're, 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 like you said, there's usually like a, yeah, there's a compensation. Like look at left to right. You know what I mean? Like someone goes down into a squat, mm, they're shifting their weight to the left. Why is that happening? Oh, okay. I'm lifting uh, a barbell over my head. Why is the left shoulder lower than the right? Like, you know, just picking up on those little things mm-hmm. are typically, and, and a lot of times people don't even know, mm-hmm. you know, you'll just ask them, you'll be like, huh, have you ever injured your shoulder before? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I played hockey like 10 years ago, fell on my shoulder, hurt pretty bad, but <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really think nothing of it. You know I don't mean? feel pain. It must mean there's no problem. Exactly. <laughs> and, that's exa- yeah. and that's exactly it. Right. And yeah. the thing is that it can become a problem. Mm-hmm. Right, and and that's the thing. Like, if people don't have symptoms, yeah. they're fine living with it, right? Yeah. And that's where we come into. I know at our facility, we, we talk a lot about uh, injury prevention. Again, nothing is a hundred percent foolproof. Yeah. No, anyone who sells you that is full of oh yeah, horse <laughs> Okay, even even myself. Like I, I you know I have ankle workshops, I have hamstring workshops, and I purposely say this is to help you, you know, prevent injury. Or limit damage, mm-hmm. right? So, so I make sure to say that because nothing is a hundred percent full, right? Um, so, to answer your question, I really it's it's a matter of you know thinking about pain because pain pain is not normal. Pain is feedback that something's wrong, mm-hmm. right? And at the same time, just looking at people's movements, compensations, and you would think that you know through the years as you do more and more training, more experience, then like you said, you know. My, my big thing is I, t- I tell people, if you want to see how humans are supposed to move, you look at a child between the age of zero and at, at the latest, like five, okay? They're, I call them nature's perfect movers, okay? Because when you see them move, everything is effortless, right? They don't grunt. They don't complain about back pain. They don't complain about knee pain. They yeah. don't complain about shoulder pain. They can do anything. Like, and they I look, don't have to do no mobility or stability exactly. prior. Just, it's just yeah. who they are. It's just who they are. <laughs> And like to the point, like if you ask someone now, a healthy to, kid, yeah, way. a healthy kid. Yes. Of course, no congenital issues, <laughs> yes. nothing like that, no prior traumas, etc. Yeah. But if you ask for example, if for example you ask someone to hang from a bar, 
most people can't do it for more than 20 seconds. Like, yeah. their hands can't take it, their shoulders can't take it. It's just, it's, it's, it's torture. Mm-hmm. Look at a kid on the monkey bars. They can just stay there for, for the longest time. You just hang out. Like, I look at my eight-year-old. My, my eight-year-old's pretty yoked. But mm-hmm. he's, he could just hold on with one arm, and he's just sitting there. He's like, hey, daddy. Hey, daddy, look at me. Hey, daddy. Hey, daddy. And he's just, he's just there. Uh-huh. And I'm like, if an adult did that, like, their shoulder would pop out. And then 100%. some people would think, they're like, well, it's because he's lighter. But no, if you think of mm-hmm. physics, it's mm-hmm. it, we should be capable to hold on to our own body it's weight. It's relative. Right? It's yes. relative. It's relative, for sure. Like, don't get me wrong. If it, and I joke around with the, the coaches at the gym all the time because I... I I absolutely hate burpees with like oh my god like if burpees was a person I I repeatedly punch it in the face okay but so so if I'm burping and I'm I'm like two fifty five so if I'm burping yeah it's gonna be more work yes. relatively speaking sure in those situations okay it might be a little bit more work for a bigger person but like you just said lifting your own body weight you know, mm-hmm. hanging from a bar things like that. Mm-hmm. You should be able to, you know, from a relative perspective, be able to do it, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, you know, like I was saying, if, if, if you look at someone who's between zero and four, and again, zero, zero to like 10, 12 months, yes, they're crawling, that's a different story. But when they start walking, when they start squatting, when they start doing things like that, that's how we're all supposed to move, mm-hmm. right? So if you see someone who's moving outside of that, life has happened, mm-hmm. right? Sitting at a desk, being in a commute. Playing video games, being on their phones, yeah, um, you know, sleeping in some funky positions, mm-hmm. like the injuries, mm-hmm. right? So I would say if you see them moving in a very like in an obvious pattern, and sometimes it's not obvious. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's pain, and yeah, it takes like a medical professional to look at it and be like, oh, okay, there's that, yeah. and it's like, oh, okay, well, I wouldn't have noticed that. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like a, like I said, an orthopedic surgeon could say, hey, did you notice this? Like, I was having a conversation with, with um, uh, Dr. Rayner, and sometimes what happens is we're both MMA fans, so, like, we'll DM each other during a fight, yeah. and we'll be like, oh, what do you think that injury is? Oh, this, 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 this. So then, I remember I was watching an injury, and someone uh, got someone in a really nasty knee lock, mm-hmm. like, a really nasty one, and I was like, oh, that looks like, you know, their ACL is gone. And then I spoke to your orthopedic surgeon, and he was like, mm, I would probably be more worried about the PCL. And I'm like, oh, okay, Why? And he's like, and then he said, well, here's the breakdown. Here's why. And I was like, oh, snap. I didn't think of that at all. Not, not even close. Right? Like, I, it, and it made, once he broke it down, like, it made complete sense. Mm-hmm. And I just learned something. Mm-hmm. Right? Was, so, oh, hyperextension in certain situations will damage the PCL, not the ACL. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh. Okay. And so that's the thing. I think, like, too, the, the, the issue is all the way from, like, sitting down at desks all day. Mm-hmm not moving as much all the way through to incurring heavier or more intense movements Mm -hmm. while not using the muscles as they were intended yeah i think that's where a lot of the issue is lying Mm -hmm. and why it's so prominent that we have gyms open especially in a time now where this whole covid19 thing everyone's shutting down yeah because unless you're working a very physical job you're not moving a ton Right, and if you are going to a gym, I notice that like a lot of people train bodybuilder style, mm-hmm. and that incurs a lot of reoccurring injuries in the future. Right, and so like in your line of work, do you tend to also see a lot of people that have tried to work out on the opposite spectrum? Because I know like we've just talked about mostly people that either had an injury or a hip replacement or mm-hmm. surgery. Mm-hmm. 
But on the other spectrum, you get people like athletes, people that maybe um, not an actual injury where they injured themselves, but maybe were pushing themselves too hard and then ended up getting an injury and then now they have to come and see you. And what's the, is, how's the process with that? Uh, okay, so have you heard of Dr. Andrew Ospina? No, never <clears throat> Okay, so he's uh, the founder of Functional Range Conditioning, okay? And he has a very profound quote, and I love it. It says, the more athlete you become, the less human you are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay? So, so the thing, that, and the thing about working out like a bodybuilder, and you know what? I have, I have clients who are bodybuilders. I have buddies who are bodybuilders. That, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Do that, that. I'm cool with that. You got people who are powerlifters. That's yeah. fine. To say that that's a natural thing, I, I beg to differ. Like, yes. it's not a natural thing to deadlift 800 pounds. No. You know? Like, it's not a natural thing, <laughs> no. right? No. But, you or know to what? be 6% body fat. It, it's, that's exactly, not exactly. Either, yeah. So, But some people are good at it. Yeah. Some people, that's their passion. So, you know what? It has the movement. Go yes. for it, right? Now, the thing about athletes is that athletes don't realize that they reinforce a lot of patterns. Mm-hmm. Okay? A lot of movement patterns get reinforced. And one of the top predictors, if not the top predictor of an injury, is repetitive movement, mm-hmm. repetitive strain, resulting in muscular imbalances, mm-hmm. okay? Muscular imbalances are like, they're a whammy, yeah. right? They, they will cause issues. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to athletes, it's, sometimes it's very difficult to, to, to kind of break that, that thought process that, hey, you know what, maybe you should... You know, keep training like this, but you should think about throwing some of this into it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it'll be like, well, that's not going to get me jacked. Yeah. <laughs> right? So it's like, well, okay, it's not going to get you jacked, but it'll take away from some of the pain that you're feeling. You yeah. know what I mean? And, but you, like you said, like, there is a there is a part that's aesthetic, mm-hmm. right? Because to be honest, yes, aesthetics are awesome. Everybody wants to look good. Everybody wants yeah. to feel good. Like, it has mental ramifications and everything. But there's mental ramifications to feeling pain too. Yeah. Right. So if I'm if I'm just focusing on the aesthetics of something, like, and I'm in pain, mm-hmm. then I kind of have it backwards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I want to feel good. Yes. Right. So when it comes to athletes, I think it's just very important to be very educational. Mm-hmm. Right. When you're saying, "Hey, you do you're doing this for this. You're doing yeah. this for that. This is why you're feeling this." Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I've worked with like CFL athletes and NFL athletes pro baseball players and it's the same thing it's just a matter of educating mm-hmm. they happen to be really open mm-hmm. to what you know what I was trying to tell them but at the same time you know I remember I remember lift and, and the thing is they're not they're not all about technique sometimes right? that's right yes <laughs> like, I, like I remember seeing uh, a, a, a CFL lineman uh, doing you know power cleans or whatever with like 225 with no technique none just absolute brute force <laughs> And I'm like, man, did they teach you any, like, I'm not trying to be mean, but uh, did they teach you any technique? And he's like, nah, man, they just told me to lift the damn thing. So I lifted the damn thing. And I'm like. Get it up any which way. Get it, get it up by any means necessary. And I was just like, oh, boy, well, that's how injuries happen, yeah. right? Um, so, like I said, I think I think the biggest thing with athletes is really, really educated, mm-hmm. right? Not, not Some are more, more open than others, but. You have to educate them. You can't just say, okay, do this. Mm-hmm. You're going to be like, well, how is this going to benefit me? How is this going to make my performance better? And the thing is, I've said it in the past, in a, in a past podcast as well, like, 
training to that level of performance is mm. not healthy. There's a lot of wear and tear on the body, mm. right? Mm. No matter what sport you're training in, it's not natural for our bodies to be able to do yeah. that stuff, right? Um, and so like a lot of my clients, when I do train them in proper technique, usually it's it's the first step is figuring out like, is there a technical issue? Mm-hmm. And then from there, like, if there's a technical issue, I'll hone more on that than actually sitting there cueing them on something that I know that even if I cue them for a million years, they're not going to be able to do yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but once they do get the form the way that it should be, or they start moving as their body was intended, mm-hmm. you start to notice the limitations in how far you can progress in terms of intensity, yep. right? Absolutely. And so like, and I think that's where like a lot of the injuries happen in the gym or training when these, you know, most of the, the, the clientele or the people that are training or working out is trying to train or work out like bodybuilders. And as you mentioned, they're not training for function, right? Mm-hmm. They're training to just get as much blood into the muscle as possible because they need to be as physically symmetrical as possible. Mm-hmm. So they're just like ramping it up and they don't really care about that function. You look at someone like Ronnie Coleman who's sitting down and ask. hooked the words yeah. out of my <laughs> right? mouth. <laughs> right? Like, he's, he's in a wheelchair, right? And barely can walk. Mm-hmm. And so like, it really comes down to that level of importance now, in terms of like general population, yeah. uh, things like that, like do you like you said you have like some workshops that you do? Like, mm-hmm. is it like um, movement analysis? Is it like what what is that like? So right now, the main workshops I have are more geared towards injury prevention and okay. like limiting damage. So, for example, I have like a like a hamstring workshop, okay. and I have uh, an ankle sprain workshop, and the way that I structure them, it's it's in such a way that it's to educate people as to why would this potentially happen? Where is this coming from? So it's not surprising. And what can I do to mitigate any damage if I do get an injury and, you know, or avoid the injury altogether, mm-hmm. right? That, and, and it's not geared necessarily towards one specific population. It's just, it's basically, the way I look at it is I tell myself, it's something to invest in to avoid seeing me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because, I, hey, if you want to give me your money, I got, I got a problem. You know, you <laughs> yes. know what I mean? Yeah, I know like, what you mean. Yeah. No, but you know what I mean? Like, you can give me your money because, you know, it's like, okay, do you want to, do you want to, like, educate yourself and understand, oh, you know, especially, like, you know, people who play flag football or mm-hmm. play ultimate frisbee or something like that, where ankle sprains, hamstring injuries, things like that, like, they're prevalent. Mm-hmm. So, do I want to look at something that's going to be, you know, a preventative measure for me is going to explain to me, hey, if I do this, if I strengthen this, if I stretch this, it's going to put me in a better position to not get hurt mm-hmm. or come and give me a couple of hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, that's the, that's the way I, I look at it. Like I, I, I'm all about educating people. Yeah. Like that's, that's, and, and, and it's funny because I tried to get into a teacher's college mm-hmm. and just that didn't work out, but I still feel like a teacher as a physio. Because when I talk to my patients, all I'm doing is teaching. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's just a different platform. That's mm-hmm. it. It's just very different. And I think that that's the key. It's really to educate the general population to say, hey, if you do this, if you do that. And again, I'm not the type of person to say, hey, my system works. No other system works. Yeah. Just look at mine. I'm just like, hey, I put this together. Mm-hmm. It offers you some insight on an injury that's very common. I mean, mm-hmm. shoot, I'm an NFL fan. I don't know. I don't know how many hamstrings have been claimed this oh, yes. season in the NFL. There's at least 10 a week. Easy. <laughs> easy. There's like 10 a week of just, oh, this guy's out for a hamstring. I'm paying you $15 million and you're out because of a hamstring? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's that's brutal. Mm-hmm. So 
when I say that, I'm just like, hey, I'm just I'm giving you, you know, from my experience, from my knowledge, from my research, these are some of the things that I've found that have been beneficial. Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. I'm just putting it out there. I'm not even saying it's it's the best thing in the world. I'm just telling you it's educational mm-hmm. and it'll, you know, prevent you from having to come to see me later. Now, here's the thing like that I, I find with, with preventative measures because it's like, it's so hard to like explain to someone what something tastes like if they've ever tasted it. Like, exactly. it's like, how do you explain what like, like blueberries taste like? But from a preventative standpoint, like you said, it's very tough to have research on something that's preventative. Yeah. It's almost like you have to work backwards. Yeah. You have to say, okay, let's look at the research at what they found that caused this issue. So now that we know what it was that caused this issue, now let's go backwards. backwards yeah, like re-engineer the thing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So so I think that with, with regards to injury prevention, it goes based on that. Yeah. But like you said, a lot of people don't care until it happens. Yes. Right? So that that is a little bit tricky, and I think that has more... Um, I feel like that has more to do with like looking at examples mm-hmm. right that that way people will, will kind of get the message mm-hmm. a little bit more you know what I mean in the sense of like like you said tell someone to go watch the Ronnie Coleman documentary mm-hmm. you say hey this is where he is now yeah. and again Ronnie Ronnie was different like he, mm-hmm. he's a freak and he he went hard and like we all know that and most people cannot reach his level yeah. I get it but you're still able to say hey listen Look at how hard he trained. Look at what he did. Look at how he looked, yeah. right? When he was winning his first Mr. Olympias and all that stuff. Like, he looked he looked like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, he looked untouchable. And then you look at it, you fast forward, and you yeah. look at him now, and he's using two canes or a wheelchair. Yeah. And and I think the other thing is, we now live in, a, in uh, uh, an age of social media. Okay, which is honestly mentally is detrimental to most people because they want to get to what they see on social media and they want yeah. to get there quickly, right? They don't they don't see the grind to get to that point. But we also live in a society that is um, that plays checkers, not chess. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody wants to play something where they're going to see something now, 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 yeah. now, right? Just like injury prevention, it's like if I tell you, do if you if you work on this, if you work on that you will limit the damage if you do get hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't see that now, so why would I do it? Yeah. Right? So, again, it's it's mostly using examples, I would say. That's that's the easiest way to kind of get that message mm-hmm. through. Um, you know, like if someone, if you tell someone, oh, you know, uh, doing all this, like I don't think it's going to, you know, be great for my quads or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And then you use an example of someone who does that exercise that you yeah. tried to prescribe them and you say, look at their quads. Then the person will be more likely to be like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Well, also, I think, like, too, like, I'm not too sure if you agree with me on this, but I think, Mm -hmm. too, like, it's just, it's a question of, like, people wanting to get, like you said, to the easiest, like, the easiest way to get to where they want to go. And, like, some people are, like, more determined to put on these, like, you know, uh, what is that, like, the harness to, like, hold themselves upright, whatever, right? Or, like, the standing desk, like, we're going to Now, don't get me wrong, like, I do believe in some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But if you're not officially teaching your body to move in the ways that it was intended in the first place, yep. actively, yep. it's like you're worried about your resting posture Absolutely. versus <laughs> versus like yep. your active posture and what that I looks agree. like. Yep. And yep. so like, do you think that like, well, first of all, I think the first question I like to know, do you kind of like look to these other things, these ergonomic things that they have, like standing desk, sitting, BOSU ball, whatever. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you agree with me on this <laughs> stuff, but uh, because like, 
you know, like I, I, I'm all for external stability. Yep. But at the end of the day, it's about for me, can you get better on your own? Can you actually do this stuff? Because everyone's so worried, like, my shoulders are rounded, you're, you know, you have upper cross syndrome, but is it, like, an actual thing that you have an active upper cross syndrome Mm -hmm. when you're trying to do something that that's dangerous, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That could put you in injury where it is, and now they'll have to come and see Mm -hmm. someone like you. Yeah. Right? So how do you feel about all this, like, ergonomic accessories um, and, like, these, like, whatever, what do they call them, a harness, the brace, or whatever? Like, how do you feel about that stuff? Okay. (laughs) Uh, So... I, I, just to give you an example, I remember uh, I, we, I went to do a talk with, uh, with the orthopedic surgeon, mm-hmm. and someone asked me the same question. They're like, <laughs> what do you feel about orthopedic or, like, or, or, or uh, ergonomic assessments? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't like them. <laughs> and, there was, and there was an ergonomist in the back. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, oh, God. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so... I'm I'm not a huge fan of ergonomic assessments. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of sit stand mm-hmm. because our bodies were never intended to be in a sustained position like that. Yeah. Our bodies the only time our, I can't even say that. I was gonna say our bodies are intended to be in a sustained position when we're sleeping. And even that is a lie. Mm-hmm. Because we're supposed to move like like I said, look at a toddler sleep. Mm-hmm. They look like they're fighting someone while they're sleeping. Mm-hmm. That's how much they move. Like, mm-hmm. that's just the way we are. That's why even now, like, memory foam beds, mm-hmm. you know, I, I understand pillow top, sure, mm-hmm. but a memory foam, you basically melt into the foam and then you don't move. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when you look at someone sleeping, like, they're supposed to move a lot. Like, mm-hmm. we're human beings, we're intended to move. Mm-hmm. So ergonomic assessments, why do I not like them? Because they make people comfortable in a seated position. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's why... Like nine times out of ten, when someone gets an ergonomic assessment, they're like, oh, I got an ergonomic assessment, I feel so good, da 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 Three, four months, they will come back with the exact same problem. Mm-hmm. It is rare that someone gets, gets an ergonomic assessment, gets, you know, a, a $3,000 chair, all these changes, and you never hear from them again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I... I don't see it. Mm-hmm. And and I, like I said, I've been working for 11 years. I do not see it. I, mm-hmm. When they get an ergonomic assessment... And the thing is, I have no problem with an ergonomic assessment in the sense that if they sit there, mm-hmm. I want them to be comfortable, kind of. Mm-hmm. But if they're getting up every half hour, 40 minutes, just to move, mm-hmm. I'd be much happier with that mm-hmm. than getting into an ergonomic assessment where people get into a zone, especially now during COVID where people are working from home. Yeah. They're just stuck. Like, there's no line between, uh, you know, work and life. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no more balance anymore. It's just mm-hmm. their home, right? And especially if people have kids that they don't have in school, they're at yeah. home. There's no balance anymore. There's no work-life balance. So, things like ergonomic assessments, if, if you're going to put an alarm on to make you get up every 25, 30, 40 minutes, just, and I'm not saying take a 15 every 40 minutes, that's how you get fired. Right, but but if <laughs> yes. but if but if you take like a three minutes, two minutes to stretch, move around, whatever. And that's why I tell people drink water all day. It's gonna get. It's gonna force you to get up to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Just drink a bunch of water. But the ergonomic assessment itself, no, I'm not a fan because people. Just, and it's again, it's movement patterns. Your body will adapt to what you're doing. So if you're in an ergonomic assess, an ergonomic assessed station, your body will end up being comfortable and it will stay there, and then it will be in pain, and. Just like you said, the harnesses that, that keep your shoulder blades back. Mm-hmm. So, what are you telling your rhomboids to do? Yeah. What are you telling your <laughs> postural muscles to do? Oh, well, 
I don't need to do anything. The brace is doing all the work. Mm-hmm. It's just like when someone, for example, uh, you know, tapes their ankle or spats their ankle when they're playing football. If they're playing with a spat and then all of a sudden they just go play a pickup game and they decide not to spat their ankle, their chances of getting an ankle sprain go through the roof because their body no longer feels the need mm-hmm. to do the work, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's, it's basically they're like, all right, we can go on vacation. We don't have yeah. to do anything anymore. Mm-hmm. And then injuries occur, mm-hmm. right? So if you're using all of these external things, and for example, like if you use a harness, mm-hmm. if you use it intermittently, sure, mm-hmm. I'll be okay with that. Oh, I'm going to wear it for half an hour, then take it off for half an hour, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes the harness will let you know, hey, your shoulders are rolling forward. You should probably, you know, either take a break or you should, you know, wake up those muscles that are supposed to do their job, right? But if if you're going to wear it all day, Mm -hmm. once again, you are just masking the symptom Mm -hmm. and your muscles are not working. And then let's say you have to go to a wedding or a function. No, not anytime soon, but let's say you have to go to a function, you have to go to a wedding. Are you going to wear this that sexy dress with a harness? <laughs> of course not. Yeah. Are you going to wear that, you know, or are you going to wear that pimped out suit with, you know, uh, an ankle brace? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, you're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan. I, I'm all for taping and I'm all for um, using those things if it's temporary as feedback or cueing for you. Mm-hmm. So from time to time, like, I'll tape someone's shoulder, right? Or I'll tape, like, let's say someone has, like, an AC joint separation. Sure, I'll tape it to support it. But I'm not going to say, hey, every time you come for a visit, I'm going to tape it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it now because it's in the acute phase. So let's tape it for support. But gradually, I want you to use less and less and less. It's like a, I had a patient today. She's like, oh, I had, she, she had a, a, an air cast on for, like, a, like, she has some ligament damage in her ankle. And she's like, oh, should I wear it all the time? I'm like, you're going to have so much pain in your knee, so much pain in your hip. If anything, wear a brace here and there. Mm-hmm. But other than that, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, really? I was like, yeah, because the rest of your body is going to get accustomed to having a boot on it. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to cause more damage. So exter- external external feedback things, if it's temporary, sure. Mm-hmm. If not, no. <laughs> no. Do away with it. Go, go take a walk. that's crazy so yeah man like do you have any other sort of like things that you'd like to add or maybe like some advice for personal trainers as well like in terms of like like when like once again like I know that you said that like pain is usually the feedback Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and usually if you look at someone's position I know that there are some trainers like me like I love applied biomechanics like I love like looking at someone's movement patterns and figuring out exactly like you know what is going on with this person's body just based on their movement and, yeah. anal- and and analyze them from that position and then kind of take kind of like notes in terms of like technique and form and then I'll kind of come up with my assertions yep. from there. Yep. But like, do you have like anything that like, in terms of like, you know, which direction or maybe like a process that a person should take when taking on a client? Mm-hmm. Is it just a question of just asking them like straight out like, hey, do you have injuries? Or is it like... Oh yeah, you know, for sure. For sure. I, I think that, well... The first thing is, as soon as you see a patient walking, like you should already be assessing them. Gotcha. You should already be looking, like, do they have a limp? Do, does one shoulder look higher than the other? Mm-hmm. Like, when you when they turn their head, does one do they turn more to one side than the other? Gotcha. Like, that, maybe that's more of a physio thing. Like, I, you know, like yes. <laughs> people think it's kind of mean, but like the facility how it's built, like they have to walk quite a bit to get to the mm-hmm. assessment area, but it's there on purpose because mm-hmm. then I can look at how they're walking. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. In terms of advice to personal trainers, I would just say, you know, 
like we just said, look at them right away. Yeah. Even without saying anything. Just look at how they're moving, their quality of movement. Oh, they're taking off their jacket. You see them kind of grimace. Mm-hmm. You know, little, yeah. little tricks like that. You know what I mean? And in addition to that, I would just say... And this isn't just for fit, this isn't just for uh, PT. This is also for any healthcare professional. Mm-hmm. It's the, the the wisest man or woman knows that they know nothing at all. So yeah. so if if there's something that you don't know, yeah, then like refer out. Yes, that's it. Like don't be shy. Refer out. Like if you see someone moving or someone's asking you about pain, don't don't talk out of your yeah. Backside. If you, if you have no idea, yes. you know what I mean. Don't don't fake it to admit because in the, in those situations, if you fake it to make it, it might be to someone's detriment. Yeah. So don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know. I, I like I said, I've 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 been working for eleven years. There's some people that come in and they say, hey, you know, I have this this uh, growth or whatever. I have something here that I've had since surgery. I'm like, it might be fluid or something, but I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But when you see the surgeon, ask them because I have no clue. Mm-hmm. Right, or I'll, or I'll, I'll, you know, you just tell the person, hey, you know what, I haven't really dealt with something like that in a while, so you know what, let me brush up on that, mm-hmm. and I'll get back to you. And then if I don't know, I'll refer you to someone who does know. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Like, be be humble. Yeah. Like, just be humble. You know what I mean? Just like, if you don't know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't 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 tell someone to do something if you don't know. Because <laughs> then after that, if they hurt themselves, then you look like a fool, yes. and you and you've hurt someone else. In the yeah. process. It's, <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> so, so the last thing I wanted to ask you, um, ever since I came to Ottawa, Ottawa, I've been hearing this term, fibromyalgia, fibromyalgia, fibromyalgia. <laughs> so my question, do you have any advice on that? Because I have no idea what to do with that whole thing. It's the first time I'm hearing this and I'm hearing it like over and over again. <laughs> do, you have, do you have clients that have fibromyalgia? And I, <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> I do, I do have clients who have fibromyalgia, okay, but I do find that fibromyalgia is, I don't want to say a cop-out, but it's, it's, it just covers everything, you know what I mean? Oh, you have pain, fibromyalgia, you know what I mean? It just like, so for, so for example, like today I saw a patient and she was very tender around like her, her hip area, root area, and you know, to the point, like, just to the touch, it was very tender. And when we were talking, she was like, oh, well, I've been diagnosed with fibromyalgia. But then I'm looking at it, and I'm like, well, hold on a sec. You have you have a lot of weakness in your hip. Uh-huh. You have quite a bit of, I don't want to say muscle shortening or anything like that, because muscles don't necessarily, I don't want to say they shorten, they can get tense. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, there's a lot of tension in this area, you know, your, your, your hip and glute. So when I, when I said that, I was like, but this person's been diagnosed with fibromyalgia. So some people, sure, there might be a neurological aspect mm-hmm. to fibromyalgia that's yeah. very real, but I don't think it's one of those things where it should just be thrown on everything, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, well, this person has pain and I don't know what the source of it is and I don't know why it's happening. Fibromyalgia. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, don't, 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 don't just, th- don't, don't, don't throw a blanket statement like that. Like, oh yeah, oh, your head's hurting you? Oh yeah, fibromyalgia, here you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 like, and, and, that, and that's the thing, right? Like, so to be honest, yeah. when a lot, when my patients say I have fibromyalgia, a lot of times I, I honestly listen to them like Charlie Brown and here's his teacher. It's like, wah, 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 wah. Like, not to be mean, but I just, because I don't want to be, 
um, influenced mm-hmm. by them saying, oh, I have fibromyalgia, and then I start treating them, and then they say, oh, well, that hurts, and then I start thinking, oh, well, it must be their fibromyalgia. <laughs> you know, I don't want to do that. I, I, I just, I put it in the back of my mind, I'm mm-hmm. just like, whatever, they said they have fibromyalgia, okay, fine. Or, because mm-hmm. some people, they've self-diagnosed with Google, too, and so, <laughs> so you have to be careful, you have, so you have to be very careful with that, because they're like, oh, it's fibromyalgia, okay, who diagnosed that? Um, myself. Uh, excuse me? Are you background in medicine of some sort and I'm not trying to sound condescending I legitimately ask and they're just like no 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 I just I did a lot of research and and I'm like okay and then you find pain and you find a, like the reason for the pain mm-hmm. and you're like it's not, it's not fibromyalgia like you you have a dysfunctional hip or whatever like that's why it hurts it's not fibromyalgia and like I said I'm not discounting those who have like a neurological aspect mm-hmm. to the fibromyalgia but it shouldn't be just a cover all that's that's, that's asinine crazy for lack of a better term (laughs) well Jethro man that was awesome thank you so much I learned a lot like in terms of like what I'm gonna start kind of like implementing in um, my own assessments when I'm doing when I'm starting out with a client I'm definitely gonna refer them to you Um, if you guys want to know exactly where to find Jethro I'm gonna put his information in the show notes and as always if you guys need have questions comments concerns regarding your health and fitness feel free to contact me healthness for CND or via my email, healthness469 at gmail.com.